Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 38 of the Property Magic Podcast, in which I'm going to share with you an advanced strategy called freehold to leasehold title split. Now, this is normally something I teach on my advanced three-day mastermind accelerator, but it's one of those strategies that I think people are aware of, but they don't really understand. That's why I wanted to share with you the basic concept on this episode of the podcast. And this is a great example of you don't know what you don't know. Now, let me ask you a question first of all. Have you ever looked at a large property and thought, wow, that could be converted into a number of smaller units? So I've done this. I've bought properties where I bought one in Halifax. I've converted from a house into seven apartments. I've done one in Bromley. It was a house into three apartments. And it's a great strategy. It absolutely works. But the problem is it's expensive to do. It can take some time. And you know what? It's a bit more advanced than just a normal refurb of a property. So this is similar to that, but actually it's much, much easier. So this is where you go and look for a large property where someone else has already converted it into smaller units. Now, the reason a landlord might have done this maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago is because they realized that instead of renting out a whole property, which might rent for, let's say, £800 a month, they could spend some money turning that property into a number of smaller units And then if you rent out the small units, they'll obviously rent for less money, but because there's more of them, collectively, the rent would be more. So maybe four small apartments might rent for £350 a month each. That's £1,400 a month, which is a lot more than the £800 a month if they rented the whole house. So this is why in the past, landlords have taken a property and they've converted them into small units, not with the intention of selling them, but just renting them out to increase the cash flow they get. So you can find lots of these properties in city suburbs and also in holiday and seaside towns. You often find large properties that have been converted into smaller holiday apartments and they've been rented out on a short term basis. So that's what you're looking for, a property that has already had the work done. Now, it's important that you're looking for a freehold property and that none of the leases have been created. And I go into the detail around that a little bit later in this episode. Now, I first learned about this strategy back in 2006. I was at one of my own property investor network meetings and I was speaking to a mortgage broker and we were talking about creative finance and we were talking about the Mortgage Express same day remortgage product, which isn't available anymore, but I was using it to buy properties below market value with none of my own money, refinancing it, and then actually getting paid to buy property. It was fantastic back in those days. And he said, yeah, there's another way you can use it. And he explained about one of his clients who was finding these freehold properties, usually in auctions. There were typically landlords who were looking to retire, wanted to get the best price for them. And they were often rented out and he would go and buy them. And let's say you buy for um, 200,000, he would then, um, during the 28 days he had to complete, he'd put down a deposit, often on a credit card or credit card check. He would, during the 28 days, 
that he had to complete in, he'd get the uh, title split, and then he would use the remortgages to actually buy the property. Very creative strategy. And this guy had acquired a portfolio of about 10 million pounds in a two to three year period using just this one strategy. So it's a great reminder that actually you don't need to know lots of strategies. You just find the strategy that works for you and your area and just keep on repeating it like a cookie cutter can make you a lot of money. So let me share with you the basic concept. And we call this a kind of a, a wholesale to retail strategy. You're buying something, you're splitting it up and thus increasing the value. So let me give you an analogy to help you understand this. Let's imagine someone owns a small cafe and it's a cafe that does breakfast, it does lunches, it does teas and coffees and when it they sell teas and coffees, they see if people want to buy a nice piece of cake to go with their coffee. And so the owner of this cafe could decide to make their own cakes in-house, which is nice, you know, homemade cakes are really nice, but it takes time and effort and cost. So what most cafe owners do, they might go to a big wholesaler where they buy all their supplies, and often these wholesalers have really fantastic, fancy cakes that are made in factories, but they look amazing, they taste great, and you might have to buy a really nice cake wholesale for 10 pounds. And they take this cake back to the restaurant, back to the cafe, and all they do to create the value is they cut that big cake into small slices, let's say eight slices, because most people don't want to buy a whole cake. They come in, they have a cup of coffee, they want just a slice of cake to go with their coffee. Now, each of these eight slices could be sold for maybe two pounds. And so if you think about it, the total revenue from this cake is eight slices at two pounds each. So eight times two is 16 pounds. So the sum of the individual slices, when you add them all up, is more than the whole cake cost to buy, which was 10 pounds. So in this case, this cafe owner's made six pounds by taking something for 10, splitting it into smaller units, and selling it off for 16 collectively. So this is the strategy. So if we relate this to property now, let's imagine you buy a freehold property that's on the market for 200,000 pounds. And very often these properties are sold as freehold because the owner hasn't bothered to create the leases because they didn't need to, to rent the properties out. And often estate agents don't understand this strategy either. So the owner's just happy selling it for 200,000 pounds, which is what other houses on the street in that area are worth. So that's the value they sell it for. Now, actually, if this property was split, it's already physically split, but if it was split in terms of creating the leases, so you had these separate little properties, the individual apartments in this building, let's say there are four apartments, and let's say each of those as a leasehold property with maybe 125 or 150 years on the lease might be worth 75,000 pounds. So if there are four apartments worth 75,000 pounds, the cumulative value is suddenly 300,000. And yet you can buy this for 200,000. So what that means is you buy for 200,000, you get your solicitor to create the legal paperwork to create the leases, which costs a couple of thousand pounds. And suddenly this building you bought for 200 as individual units is worth 300,000 pounds. Now that is what I call property magic. What an amazing strategy that most people are just not aware of. 
Now, once this property is worth 300,000, you could either sell off the individual units. There'll be some sales costs, obviously, obviously um, but that's a pretty powerful strategy. Or you could refinance those and get back all of your purchase costs. Now, let's say the collective value of the properties is 300,000 and you could get some buy-to-let mortgages on each of those apartments. If you add up the, the value of 300, 75% of that is 225, which is obviously more than your purchase price and enough to cover the legal costs and a few other bits and pieces. So this is what we call a no money left in. Typically you need to put money in at first to buy the properties to create the leases, but then you can refinance to actually get your money back. Now, the freehold of the building also has a value, and the value depends on the annual ground rents that the leaseholders pay. Now, when you're a leaseholder, you pay a ground rent to the freeholder, and also you pay a service charge. The service charge kind of covers the things like the communal area, cleaning and lighting, and a sinking fund for you know roof repairs, things like that. But really, it's the ground rent, which is the fee you pay each year to the freeholder because you are effectively leasing that property from the freeholder for the length of the lease, which is typically 125, 150 years. So let's say that annual amount, the ground rent that each apartment owner pays to the freeholder is say 250 pounds a year. So the way that the value of the freehold is calculated is typically it's 10 to 20 times of the annual ground rent. So if you had four apartments paying 250,000 pounds, uh, sorry, paying 250 pounds each, that would be a thousand pounds would be the annual ground, uh, ground rent for the four flats. So therefore, if the ground rent is a thousand pounds for the all four flats, the freehold would be worth between 10 and 20,000 pounds. Now, it could be worth a lot more than this. A few years ago on some of the larger developments that I was doing, where we took care homes and split them into individual units, um, we were getting sometimes a 30 times multiplier on the ground rent. So my best ever deal was a, a large commercial property we converted into 45 units. Um, and actually the the freehold was sold for in excess of £200,000. So that was a fantastic extra profit. Now I could have held on to that um, because we sold all the units off, but I decided to bring the cash in and use it elsewhere. If you do hold on to properties, um, there's a little technical thing here. You cannot be the freeholder and the leaseholder in the same entity. So you could maybe own the apartments, the leasehold apartments in one company, and you'd hold the freehold in another company. So now let's talk about the step-by-step -step process you go through to actually find these properties. Now, first of all, if you go to any of the main search engines like Zoopla or Rightmove, um, you know, they don't have an option to look for freehold buildings split into flats because you know it's an advanced strategy this. So what instead you do, you want to look for larger properties um, with ideally eight or ten rooms. Now, very often the initial search, the maximum you can go to on Rightmove, for example, is only five rooms. So you do an initial search, you might have a radius of maybe 10 miles of where you live, put in five plus rooms and just see what comes up. Then once the results come up, you could then refine the search and increase the number of rooms to maybe eight rooms. Now, when you do press search, a lot of properties will come up and there'll be lots of really nice big houses. 
Don't get distracted by looking at the nice big houses, but it's what normally happens to me. Um, you're looking for properties where they might have eight bedrooms, but they've been split into apartments. And the way you can tell is by carefully reading the description of all the properties. It might say eight bedroom property, and then currently comprised of four two-bedroom apartments or eight one-bedroom apartments. So that's what you're looking for in the description. You think, ah, right, this could be what I'm looking for. And remember, it is a freehold building you're looking for. If the leases have already been created, then it doesn't work. You must be buying the whole freehold. The other thing is to check that all of the apartments must be totally self-contained. So ideally, You've got flats number one to eight. Um, they all have their own council tax banding. They are all pay their own utilities. There's no shared facilities, apart from maybe a common hallway off which the, the doors to the individual flats go, but there's no shared bathrooms, no shared kitchens. They must be fully self-contained. And I'm emphasizing these two points because people often contact me and say, oh, I found this great building and either it's not a freehold or they're not fully self-contained, which means it just doesn't work. Now, once you find something like this, what you need to do is work out how much would the individual units be, and then you can add up what all those individual units would come up to, which is what we call the cumulative value. And there's a little formula we look to apply to see if there's gonna be a deal you can do with no money left in. So here's the formula that you need to know. So ideally, the purchase price should be less than 75% of the cumulative value. So in the case we've used before, let's say the purchase price is 200,000, and let's say the cumulative value is 300,000, well in that case, the purchase price is obviously less than 75% of 300, which would be 225. So 200 is less than 225, so in this example, it obviously works. Now, when you're working out the individual value of the units, you gotta make sure you're comparing like with like. You know, you might have a building that's got four one-bed apartments in it, and you go looking for other one-bed apartments, but you gotta make sure that you're thinking about the size of those. A one-bed apartment could vary from maybe as small as 300 square feet up to maybe 600 square feet, okay? That's a huge difference. Also, you gotta look at the age of the building, the style of the building. Very often, new apartments, they're they're a bit, a bit small, a bit boxy. Whereas if you have an older style apartment, you might have a nice house that's got, you know, really big sash windows and high ceilings. That's always going to have a higher value than a, a modern property that's a bit smaller and a bit pokier. So make sure you are comparing like with like. Another tip here is do not ask the estate agent that's got this freehold property for sale, oh, how much would each of the flats be worth if I split the title and created the leases? Because you're then telling the agent what you plan to do. Now, most agents are not aware of this strategy, but if you tell them what you do, they might think, oh, that's a really good, I've not thought about that, and then call up some of the investors in their little black book of contacts who are the people they go to whenever they get a good deal, which means you lose the deal. So do not ask the agent who's selling the property how much the individual flats are worth. Go and ask some other agents in the area. Say, look, if I had flats of this kind of size in this area, how much would they be worth? And then check the formula. Ideally, the purchase price that you can buy for is less than 75% of the cumulative value, i.e. the value value of all of the individual units added up. If it meets that formula, 
great. Arrange a viewing for the property as soon as you possibly can. Then as you go around the property, you want to work out, is this a property that I want to buy and hold on to and rent out the individual units? Or is it one that I'm going to buy, split up the units and sell for a profit? And that really depends on your personal strategy, depends on the demand in the local area for rental, for sale of those properties. And obviously, again, ask other agents, not the one who's selling, about those kind of views. Then when you know what you're doing, you find the finance and obviously do the deal. So let's talk a little bit about the finance. Now, when you buy a property and if you want to remortgage it, Normally, most lenders in the UK at the moment want you to hold it for at least six months. That's the Council of Mortgage Lenders guidelines. Now, not all lenders do that. Some are happier to refinance shorter, particularly commercial finance. Um, however, if you're also creating new leases, many lenders won't want to give you a mortgage until you've held it for six months. So that's what a lot of people do. They buy these things, create the leases, and then six months later, they then refinance it. Alternatively, in some circumstances, you might be able to use someone like Crowd Property, which is one of my businesses. Um, so Crowd Property is a funding business. We fund property developments and creative deals. And basically, we will fund purchases often on the value rather than just the purchase price. So the concept is you need to add value to the property before you actually buy it. And in that case, as long as the numbers work, crowd property might be able to fund it based on the actual value because they recognize there's a huge amount of equity that you've created in there. So the way you would do this, uh, maybe you control the property on a purchase option. You get the leases split. You would then need to get a RICS valuation to show that the individual units do add up to the higher value. In that case, crowd property could then help you come in and actually buy the property. Or if the owner won't agree to a purchase option, you could do an EDC, an exchange with delayed completion. So you exchange on the property subject to the leases being split. So once the leases are split, you then complete. And because you've increased the value, again, crowd property can come in and actually fund that for you. So guys, I do hope you've uh, got great value from this episode. As always, I'd encourage you, if you got great value, please help me and give me a five-star review. I'd love more people to be able to access this high-quality information. And one of the ways that happens is if you give a five-star review, say what you liked about it, it encourages other people to start listening to this as well. Until next time, I'd encourage you, as always, to invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.